universal energy, forming organic tribal algorithms that span the globe, reaching down to its very core. Whoever claims they've never been a piggy is lying through the snout. No one 
surprise you today you know with so much craziness going on in the world and sometimes it's nice to take a break and release yourself and relax and get into another mindset um, I have an interesting project that was placed on my desk and it's called Piggy Nation and uh, I'm not going to tell you too much about it because I want you to really hang in there and stick with me but Richard Rosser is the what do you say? Uh, he's the developer. He's the conceptualization person. He is the author. He is the man. And I was introduced to him by a good friend of mine, Mr. Bob Mazza. And um, we're going to just chit and chat and see what's inside of his head. How you doing, Richard? I'm great. How's good. it going? I'm doing well today. I'm doing really well. You know, and um, this is really interesting to me. Piggy Nation, your book it's called A Day at Work with Dad. Now, I've read through it a bit, but I want you to tell my listeners how you actually came up with this concept. I know it deals with topics and situations and world issues and that we all do, but you speak from a different point of view. Well, the, let me just step back a second uh-huh. and, and let everyone know that the, uh, the basic concept of Piggy Nation, mm-hmm. it's all about piggy behavior. Mm-hmm. And piggy behavior being rude behavior and inconsiderate yes. behavior. Right. And the whole thing came out of one evening, my family and I joined my mother-in-law for dinner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we pulled into the parking lot, and it was a mall parking lot, and it was a zoo. There were people yeah. parking everywhere. <laughs> and we found a spot, and then she pulled in, and my kids said, Grandma, there's a, there's a spot opening up over here. Right. And so she waited patiently for the other person to back out. And just as she was about ready to pull in, a guy came out of nowhere, whipped in the space, mm-hmm. locked his car, walked away without <laughs> even apologizing. No acknowledgement. None, none whatsoever. <laughs> Didn't, you know, it's one of those, I, you know, people, when they do something like that, they have a defensive mechanism. Exactly. That, that they, they tend to look away mm-hmm. from the Tunnel victims. Vision. Right. Just. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> and so he walked away. And, and so all dinner, my, my kids and my wife and my mother-in-law and I just mm-hmm. choked about, oh, my gosh, the guy was such a pig. Right. He, they, I can't believe that pig, right. that piggy. Mm-hmm. Stole uh, stole my mother-in-law's space, you know. Right. And um, so we joked around. And I said, uh, "I'm gonna I'm gonna write him a note on this napkin mm-hmm. at dinner. I'm gonna put it on his windshield and let him know that he was a piggy by stealing the space because right. he, he probably <laughs> doesn't have any idea that he stole the space from from your grandmother." Right. And and then the more we got to talking, I said, "You know, there's a lot of piggy behavior out there. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's not just in a parking lot. It's." Right. Uh, 
you know, uh, from neighbors letting their dogs poop on your lawn and not cleaning it up. Right. You know, uh, husbands <laughs> not putting the toilet seats down for their wives. Right. Uh, all, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, right. uh, someone taking the last slice of pizza that you were saving for, uh, for mm-hmm. dinner or that mm-hmm. last scoop of ice cream right. that you know, right. you're, you're salivating for all day long. Right. And then you get home and it's gone. Right. And uh, so, so we jokingly said, I said, there should be some sort of a ticket for piggy behavior. Mm. So we should create something. And I, and I thought, all right, well, let's let's call it the piggy ticket. Truly sheds light on this little piggy, right? Exa- exactly, exactly, right. <laughs> and and so we, my kids and I, came up with this idea for the piggy ticket. Mm-hmm. And as we got <clears throat> as we got more into it, and and thought about how much all the different kinds of piggy behavior that there is in the world. Mm-hmm. We created this piggy ticket that has all these different uh, categories. It's got workplace woes and romantic uh, rants, right. domestic disturbances. And then a friend of mine said, you know what, this, this one could make a really fun children's book. Mm-hmm. And we had been working on the, the little uh, cop pig, the piggy patrol officer right. or whatever, right. for the, for the uh, logo at yes. the top of the piggy ticket. And I started thinking, well, where does this guy live? And what does he do? Well, he's, he's obviously he's a piggy patrol officer, right? He's, he's the one right. going out giving the piggy tickets to right. all the all the uh, piggies. In, For those in of you who don't understand, you can relate that to the parking violations patrol. Exactly. Okay. Except for this is this is I, I guess in some ways you might say this is um, you know he's like a manners patrol. Or yes. I, I I really don't go towards the whole etiquette thing because the etiquette to me is okay. Which fork do you use for right. salad? And I don't care. Right. You know, just don't, get, don't just don't spill your soup on exactly. me. Exactly. Right? Don't eat with your hands. Right. <laughs> Unless it's fried chicken, you know, and then this, you know, or ribs. Right, exactly. And then, and then it's, it's all bets are off. All right. So, uh, so I started thinking, okay, well, where does this guy live? And he lives in Piggy, I thought Piggy Town or Piggy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, no, it's, this is bigger than a town. This is bigger than a village. It's bigger than a city. It's well, this is a nation. Yes. There's a there's a lot of piggy behavior out there. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, what's his name? And I thought, all right, well, Hank Ham Hawk. You know, and I, one of the one of the one of the uh, foundations yes. of Piggy Nation. There's, there's sort of two foundations. Okay. One is I want to approach this all with a sense of humor, mm-hmm. because look, and then and the second, and that leads right to the second foundation, which is we're all piggies. Exactly. At some point. Oh, absolutely. At some point, <laughs> we can't acknowledge it or not. <laughs> right. Well, and that's part of it. Is right. is that's where the sense of humor comes yes. in. Is that if I if I tell you in a snarky way, mm-hmm. hey hey you're a piggy, you don't, well you're gonna you're gonna get defensive and react exactly. back. Yeah, well f you, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you know no one wants to be called on it. Right. But if I do it in such a way that you can laugh and I can laugh, then maybe you'll step back and think about it. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I'm I'm just as much a piggy as the rest. So I'm not sitting up here on a on a throne. Right. Well, I mean horse. you you have to have a little bit of that. In order to be a functioning human being, actually. Well, it's a I mean, part it's, of the pie. It's human nature. Yeah. It's a piece of it. I think it's human nature that we, we all, you know, we'll pull into a parking lot and someone pulls in the space and we think, oh, well, that was my space. And well, But in fact, the person may have been waiting for, you know, two or three or four minutes exactly. for, that, for that space. Mm-hmm. We all think that we're not necessarily above everyone else, mm-hmm. but that we deserve special treatment. I think it's... We're I think privy it's, to. It, exactly. Yeah. It's our privilege. Yes. To, to, yes. And uh, so I think I think this sort of points to people, hey, lighten up. Mm-hmm. You know, let's laugh about it. Let's And so so everything about Piggy Nation mm-hmm. comes with a sense of humor. Whether it's my little slogans on my T-shirts or, yes. it's, you know, I have a comic <laughs> strip. It, it's all about the fun of pointing out 
the piggy behavior mm. and laughing about it. And then maybe, you know, I have a co- comic strip where um, there are two geese in a, in a, in a uh, theater. Uh-huh. And Sammy Hamhawk, who's okay. the son yes. in, in the book and yes. the series, and his dad Hank are in the theater. And they've obviously been, been uh, uh, um, the geese have been talking loudly. Mm-hmm. And so they're watching, the, and Hank turns back and says, eh, can you talk a little bit louder? I missed the part about your mother's bunion. <laughs> And the, go- the geese or the goose has, has this sort of expression on her face like, oh, you're, are you talking to me? And, you know, everyone's going to laugh at that, well, hopefully. Right. But, but maybe the person who actually talked last mm-hmm. night in mm-hmm. a theater too loud will say, ooh, maybe that was me. Mm-hmm. So maybe it brings a – maybe it brings it to the forefront. So Sense of those awareness. of us who are piggies can yes. take a look at that and say, ooh, mm-hmm. I didn't – Step back and take a look. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you see, there is much more to discuss. We're going to really dig deep and get down into the Piggy Nation right after this. Come on back now. things that I have done possibly today on the way to the studio. Being that Mr. Rosser has brought up a few points, I think I was a little piggy today myself. Yes. Well, you know, when you're driving in L.A., you know, people are not the nicest people sometimes. They cut you off or, you know, just drive slow. And I saw a big pileup. It happened in front of me because this person was stopped, start, stop, st- you know, on the brakes, riding the brakes, but there was no one in front of them. You know, so I'm in the car behind them all, yelling and screaming, and then they had an accident in front of me, but oh, I wasn't involved. <laughs> so I don't know if I caused it, but you know, well, I hope not. I was but, a little uh, piggy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? Here's a ticket okay. right here. I'm writing you out a ticket. Oh, and, and, and uh, you, but you know something? Yeah, that's fine. You got a ticket, and now you can move on. Okay, I can right. move on. Now I want to. I want to go back in time. Let's go back about Richard growing up. Where are you from? I'm originally from Oklahoma. Oklahoma, okay. yeah, smack dab in the middle of the uh, of the U.S. Okay, yeah. all right. And how was how was growing up in Oklahoma? It was great. Yeah, you know, Oklahoma has uh, it really has some incredible people. Mm-hmm. And my mom had, grew up in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and so she had this incredible network of, of friends and family and folks, and and uh, so she was very performance musically inclined when i was in first grade she she played fanny bryce in uh in um funny girl in funny girl wow and uh so i at a very young age 
I was introduced to musical theater, music. I played piano from when I was fourth grade on. Okay. And and so it was sort of ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, not not that I was raised on Broadway soundtracks or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I it was around the house. It was around the house. I, I love blues and rock and Zydeco cool. and all sorts of interesting nice. inf- music. But it was definitely around, mm-hmm. and uh, I absorbed it mm-hmm. very much. Do you have siblings? Uh, I had a brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he in this industry? No, no, no. He. Um, what did he do? What does he do? Well, he actually uh, he passed away oh, when sorry. I was seventeen. Okay. And uh, again, that's sort of part of what uh, influenced me. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I were both very into the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And camping, and uh, we, we started backpacking and camping uh, from when I was like 10 or 11. Okay. We lived out uh, on five acres, you know, my, uh, and, and there was like a mile wow. of land, a square mile, within walking distance of our house. So we used to just cruise over there, <laughs> and we'd disappear for a weekend, and then we, you know, on Sunday afternoon, we'd appear back at, in, at our house, and my mom and dad, okay, <laughs> a week gotta, later. gotta do your homework. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not, and, I'm not um, so good, but I'm a city boy. I grew up in New York City, so. Oh, but my folks are from the South. And you didn't camp in Central Park? <laughs> we didn't quite call it camping. <laughs> no. We did take sleeping bags, but what's it called camping? Anyway, back to you. Um, so as a as a young man growing up around the arts, I, I'm sure that pretty much influenced you into, were you creative with writing as well? Well, you know, I, um, I became a filmmaker, and that ultimately led, led me back to writing. Mm. Um, when I was in... Uh, Eighth and ninth grade, mm-hmm. I was making little animated films with my parents' nice. Super Eight camera, yeah. you know, and and wow. Uh, so you were splicing the tape back in the day? Were, were you, no, no. You I actually, actually it, it was all in camera editing. Oh. So it was. I, I made a uh, uh, film in ninth grade called The Blob, <laughs> and it was all claymation. Will Vinton, who did the uh, the raisins, you know, the yes. heard on the grapevine. Yes, he was a huge influence on me. Okay. I, I saw every one of his short films, and and so. Somehow I knew how to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't know how I knew, but mm-hmm. I got a little cable release from my parents' eight millimeter camera, wow. and I just started clicking away. and And I made this little film about this blob, and he eats a dog who's <laughs> peeing on a on a, uh, a fire hydrant, and then he ends up eating the world. And we had you know had this little effect sequence. Oh, wow. the, and so uh, so then I, I went off to college in Virginia, mm-hmm. and they had one film course. At this small, it was Washington Lee University, which was a very small liberal arts college. Mm-hmm. And I took this one film course and made another animated film. Mm-hmm. And this time it was a black and white animated film without any music or sound. It actually didn't have any sound effects. And again, I, I edited it in camera. Yeah. And it was all about a chess game where the pieces come to life and they play out the chess game on their own. Wow. And so there are no humans involved. Each, each piece transforms from a piece of clay, you know, like a pawn, mm-hmm. into a monk with a scythe or, you know, it just... It was <laughs> so you of, always had a vivid imagination. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so you Absolutely. needed to do things with that. That could, yeah. have, been, that could have been fatal. But um, you it turned was, into something positive, yes. So when did you actually leave Oklahoma? Well, I, uh, after high school, mm-hmm. I went to college in Virginia. Virginia. And so I made this uh, animated film, mm-hmm. submitted it to a number of uh, number of awards competitions, okay. um, and actually the Ann Arbor competition. It was called No One for Chess. I you know because there's okay. no one playing right? Right, right, and the chess pieces come alive on their own. Mm-hmm. And one of the judges actually um, uh, sent me a note back saying, "No one for chess, count me out." Ooh. And you know, not under. I I don't know whether he didn't understand <laughs> it or he didn't get it or he didn't appreciate it or whatever. Right. 
Um, but I kept sort of submitting it to to, to award ceremonies, mm-hmm. and I ultimately ended up winning a Student Academy Award. Great. Wow. Thanks. So I guess I shoved that in that Ann Arbor judge's face. <laughs> All right. Nice. So nice. so then I, I went to NYU for the grad film program. Mm. And that's where I really started writing. And mm. uh, and so I, I I finished up that and started working in features and commercials and, and TV shows. And then subsequently moved out to Los Angeles about uh, 10 or so years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've worked in the film business uh, as an assistant director, which is neither assistant nor director. I'm, right. I'm really in charge. I'm really in charge of the logistics of, yes. the, of each program. So I'm the break, utility man. Exactly. I break down the script into all yes. the thousands of elements. Yes. The, every prop, every piece of set dressing, effects, and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I track those. And then once we go into production, I'm on the set running the set. So I'm the guy who says, okay, lock it up and roll sound and uh, background. And, and, and uh, so I'm in charge of all the infinite number of uh, logistics and scheduling points Which and all that. Which is very important. And so <laughs> I, I worked on a show called well, on 24 for Fox. And yes. I worked on 24 for eight years. And mm-hmm. actually 24 was probably the best writing teacher that I ever had. It was a great show. It was a fantastic Great show. show. And I learned from that show how to how to lay things out, both comedically and dramatically, mm. so that it propels an audience forward. And, in, and then makes them want to come back. And makes them want to come back for the next page, the yes. next chapter, whatever yes. it is. And, yes. and so I think anyone, anyone who really wants to write mm-hmm. should rent the first couple of seasons of 24 and pay attention because to the cliffhanger nature. Mm-hmm. And it's not just from each episode to episode. It's from scene to scene. They they create these situations where Jack Bauer, you don't know what's going to happen, and he's up against, you can't imagine how he's going to get out of whatever the right, scenario is. Right. And then they stop, whether it's for a commercial break or, or exactly. you know, for a week. And <laughs> then when you come back, man, you are primed. And ready to see how this is going to unfold, <laughs> right? And so I, I really, I really, not realizing it, as I as I've started to write, I, I've written a, a picture book, mm-hmm. my uh, big initiative. Yes, with Dad. yes, yes, yes. And then I actually, which came out last February, and mm-hmm. then I actually just published my first chapter book. Mm-hmm. Which is called Piggy Nation. Let's go camping. And again, that that takes the experiences I had as a as a camping lad with my brother, and. But I, I used the uh, that writing uh, knowledge and experience that I that I gained from Twenty Four to create scenarios with these characters mm-hmm. that I think leave the audience just dying to turn the page yeah. and, or, or, or yeah. get to the next chapter. And, and I see that. you have you have here a Piggy Nation discussion guide. Can we well, can we jump into that a little? Absolutely. Bit? Well, so let, let me just go through. Uh-huh. So I, I wrote this picture book, mm-hmm. and uh, it was going nowhere fast. And I, I print it out, and I take yeah. it to set, and I'd be editing it, you know, changing a the and an at and a mm-hmm, button, mm-hmm. you know, eighteen thousand times of editing it. And and mm-hmm. at one point, this friend of mine, Jill Kosh, who's a boom operator, mm-hmm. she said, "What is that?" I said, "Well, it's this children's book I wrote that's going nowhere fast." And she <laughs> said, "Well, let me read it." So she read it, and she's a sports nut, and she she has done a lot of assemblies for mm-hmm. girls about sports, and mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh my gosh, you have to do this as an assembly." Just get any. Just get an illustrator and start going out and doing this as assemblies on hiatus between mm-hmm. between seasons of show. And so I said, "Oh my gosh, I love working with kids." Yeah. And I had actually been looking for a way to get back. I'm a musician. I'm a percussionist. So oh, you do I that had, too. Yeah. Look at you. It's all part of the package. 
But I had thought about, you know, what can I do? I could go out and do drum circles with kids at school or something. But this was a, this was a natural. So, yeah. so I said, you're right. So I started looking for an illustrator. And I, I was lucky enough through my son. He has a friend who's, whose father works for The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. They hooked me up with Shane Soul, who is, folks, Shane Soul is an amazing artist and illustrator. Mm-hmm. And he, he's an animator, yes, he's illustrator, He's done some artist. amazing work. He, he, he's Very right now, detailed. he's working as a layout uh, artist detailed. for The Simpsons. He, yeah. he did the entire uh, box for the Futurama Monopoly game. Mm-hmm. He's also worked on King of the Hill. So I was very lucky to get hooked up with him. And so we started working on the drawings, and as we were fleshing it out and we had the line drawings, even before there, were co- there was color, I started going out to schools and doing assemblies. And... During those assemblies, I started asking the kids questions. So, mm-hmm. so basically, without ruining the book for those yeah. of you who, so you would present them with the subject, I, with the topic, and then well, have I would. I, about at it? that point, oh. I had line drawings. Okay, and I had you know I, I had uh, printed them out with captions, right? Oh, okay, and so I would read the kids the book, and and at the end, I would say, okay. So basically, in the book, uh-huh. Sammy goes along with his dad, Hank Hamhaw. Yes. And Hank is a piggy patrol officer. Yes. Now, Hank is giving tickets to all these various other animals in piggy nations. So he right. gives a ticket to a baboon for letting his porcupine poop on a neighbor's lawn. <laughs> he, he gives a ticket to an, an obnoxious ox who's talking loudly on his cell phone. <laughs> but what happens is that Hank, every time he gives a ticket, he creates more mayhem and chaos mm-hmm. in either in giving the ticket or after giving the ticket than was there before. So it's sort of like a Curious George kind of thing where... Where, uh, you know, the man in the yellow hat says to Curious George, hey, I'm going to go in and get a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You hang out here. Don't get in trouble. Right. And, of course, we always know <clears throat> Curious George is going to get in trouble. It's of just, course. What kind of trouble? Right. So, <laughs> so in my book, I, I thought, well, what would be the funniest irony? It would yeah. be that, you know, Dad, who's the Piggy Patrol officer, maybe he's the biggest Piggy in Piggy Nation. And the irony mm. and the fun is that, uh, you know, he's giving tickets, but maybe he's yeah. the biggest Piggy. So. The readers, as they read the book, at some point will will learn, will discover with the reader that, or with the uh, with Sammy, yes. that uh, maybe Dad's the biggest piggy. So, wow. so as I started reading to kids and then discussing afterwards, I, I felt it was important to then analyze what happened, mm-hmm. and the the discussion guide came out of my questions to the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the first question is, well, did did the father does the father deserve a piggy ticket for right. all of his piggy behavior, mm-hmm. and what could he have done? in place of his behavior and what could he have done if he was a piggy afterwards like you know you you with this whole accident thing i mean right you know did you say i'm sorry as you drove by i didn't i just kept okay, like you well, said i just used yes, my well, tongue and kept were, it moving you, you were a piggy yeah i was yeah, piggy. So, yeah. i hate to say it but uh <laughs> but you know citation but you know oh what <laughs> the thing about piggy behavior is that the beauty of it is that we can redeem ourselves. We can. So when you get out there on the road this afternoon, okay. right, and someone tries to cut you off, you let them go, let and you go. give them a nice big smile and a wave that says, "Hey, have a have a have a piggy free day," or a smile, just a smile. exactly, even. just a smile. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. All right. Well, Richard, I need to take a break. Sure. And we'll come back for a little bit more, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with Mr. Richard Rosser, the author of Piggy Nation. Please stay tuned for more.
Yes, yes, yes. I am here. This is Uncle Earl on the Underground Experience. How are you doing? Are you hanging in there? Have you been taking notes on your piggy behavior? Well, I'm here with Richard Rosser, the author of Piggy Nation, the book. And he has a musical that was done. Yeah. And there's a soundtrack. He's a, cl- he's a musician, too. He, this guy does everything. Well, I don't know. I, you know what? I cannot draw. Oh, you can't draw. No. I, I, I can barely draw a stick figure. I understand. I draw dogs. They look like rabbits, and, you know, I try. Well, that's not, not bad. Doing. I draw a dog, and it looks like a stick figure. <laughs> that's it. So, so I am lucky enough to have partnered up with, with Shane. Yes. And, uh, and he is, he is my, my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but you, you brought up the musical. Yes. And so... Out of these assemblies that yes. I started doing for kids, mm-hmm. I, I sort of created this little shtick where I, I run in as though I'm late, mm-hmm. and I start talking about piggy behavior, and then I press my phone, so, and, and uh, the ringer rings, mm-hmm. and then I pretend like I'm talking on the phone in front of the kids, and, <laughs> and then I eat some chip, and I'm talking with them, and the kids are screaming at me, yelling at me, hey, mister, right. you're talking with your mouth full, that's piggy behavior. And so they get it. I... I these kindergarten and first graders started responding mm. and yelling back at me, calling me on the carpet right there in an nice. assembly. Nice. And I thought, oh my gosh, if the, if these kids are doing this, there's something to this. Yeah. And I'm only one guy. I can only do so many assemblies a day or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, the fun. What would what would it be like if I created a play or something that, say, for instance, fifth graders or sixth, seventh, eighth graders could go out and do for perform for younger kids, mm-hmm. you know, K through fourth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, and I went home that afternoon after that, literally that first assembly, mm-hmm. and I told my wife, you know what, I'm going to write a play. In fact, no, I'm, because I'm a, I'm a musician, I'm, but I'm not, I, I'm in a dad's band, so I play oh, keyboards and okay. percussion. Now, did you compose all of this music? No, I didn't compose any of it. You didn't compose any <laughs> Did you at least write the lyrics? Or? I wrote all the lyrics. Okay, great. every okay. single every single word. Okay, okay, cool. So that's the saving grace. So <laughs> okay. I, I'm a musician, uh-huh. but I'm not a composer. Okay, and I can play keyboards in a, in a dance band. You know, I, I can play uh, you know Stones and, mm-hmm. and and Little Feet, and we have a blast. <laughs> but when it comes to actually composing, I can speak the language. I can mm-hmm. speak to a composer, mm-hmm. and Alec Wells did an amazing job uh, of composing the music mm-hmm. for the musical. So. 
but I can't. I, I could never play what he can play. I mean, mm. he can he can transpose on the fly and all all this stuff. So, so what I did was when I decided I wanted to write the musical. Mm-hmm. Of course, my wife said, "Okay, you finally you're off your rocker." You know? <laughs> right. uh, and I said, "No, no, no. I really feel that that this book and the musical are companion pieces, mm-hmm. and this is a great way." And so, being a musician myself, I, I said I, I found Alec through another friend, and I said, "Okay, I I want this music to be real." Yes. So I would send him. You know, a Stone song or a Green Day song or, you know, a Beatles song and, and say, this reference, we mm-hmm. it has to feel real. You know, whether it's Zydeco, blues, gospel, I don't want some plinky piano that right. sounds like it's, you know. You didn't want to sound like a children's show. Exactly. You want to be real. I, right. And I, I want, and, and same thing in the writing, I used, um, I used Toy Story and Shrek, which I think are very smartly written shows. Yes. As my guideposts mm-hmm. as my benchmarks mm-hmm. because I wanted I want kids and adults to be able to go to the musical right. and enjoy it without adults feeling like they've been dragged to something that is just for the kids and, right you know at one point there's a, a joke about a colonoscopy okay and the girl who <laughs> the 10 year old girl who had to say the line said now how, how do you pronounce this colonoscopy colon- I said no it's colonoscopy just say it really fast and you'll get the biggest laugh of the show and sure <laughs> she enough did. she did <laughs> That's wonderful. Sure enough. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, so I, like I said before, I started playing piano when I was in fourth grade. Yes. And I, you know, I was introduced to musical theater at a very young age, mm-hmm. with my mom being in, you know, doing all sorts of reviews and being in, in productions. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, it was a natural to latch on to doing a musical. And I sort of thought nothing of it. I thought, okay, I'm going to go for it. Right. And I, fortunately, was hooked up with Alec, and he did a fantastic job on, on the compositions as well and but, but I also think because I'm a percussionist and keyboardist mm-hmm. as I conceptualized the musical there were there were several songs that instantly popped into my head mm. there's one page where there's a traffic jam yes. in, in the picture book. yes and in there we put in shout out words on the page so there's mm-hmm. beep beep honk honk aruga. yes yes and so <laughs> I instinctively knew Immediately when that. I conceptualized musical, that that was going to be a percussive kind of thing. The trigger. And there's another one where there's a dog barking, and, and we ended up with a song called Stop That Noise, where it goes, bark, bark, bow, wow, woof, 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 And it's very percussive and sort of film noirish mm-hmm. in, in, by nature. Yes. And it, that was one of the things that was really important to me, working with Alec and saying, I want this music to feel real. It should be very textured. Mm. It can have a gospel song in one place, film noir another, a blues song, sort of a you know a, 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 a pop love song, mm-hmm. the, the song together that comes yes. at one point yes. uh, between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Now, what about Piggy Nation the movie? Well, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. a very good point. Yeah, because I, I could see that happening. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm boy, I'm trying to take it one step at a time. <laughs> I hear you. And we think in 360 deals these days, you know, everything, you know, sky's the limit. <laughs> I mean, in the back of my head, of course, I'm going, ooh, wouldn't that be cool? Or an animated series. And every time I go to do an assembly now, kids say, well, when's it going to be a cartoon? Mm. I say, well, I don't know, but I'm, you know, I'm working on, I'm, I'm trying. Right from your mouth and, to universe. Right, there exactly. Goes, yeah. and, and so what I'm trying to do right now is build a, build a base, an mm-hmm. audience. With the picture books that go from you know eighteen months to seven years, mm-hmm. and then the chapter books that go from eight years to twelve years of age, I'm trying to build an audience for kids that 
you know, maybe there is an audience for a, a Piggy Nation movie or a Piggy Nation animated series. I think there is. I mean, I, I would say... They're doing everything else. <laughs> I see an animated really? series as something that parents and kids could potentially watch together. Mm-hmm. And discuss. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And parents can, and again, written smartly enough that parents can have the fun of looking at the animals in Piggy Nation and seeing the piggy behavior that's really a reflection of what the parents are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the kids can have the fun with the rules and all that, and and busting the, the dad for his piggy behavior or, or even other kids in the, in the show. And it can be used as a part of childlike development. Well, actually. see, that's what I would want it you know. to be. I would want it to be a show that that uh, kids and, and grown-ups can watch together, discuss during, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, a my mom, one of her best friends, has a four-year-old grandson. Mm-hmm. And he was in Oklahoma from North Carolina. And, and she read him the book. And then on his way to the airport, he said to his parents, they were about 20 minutes out from the airport in the car, and he said to his parents... Mommy, Daddy, will we see any piggy behavior at the airport? Aww. And they died laughing and said, well, we imagine so. And, but that started a whole conversation until mm. they got to the airport of, well, what would that be? Right. What would that piggy behavior be? Well, if a baby's crying too loud or, or if this yes. kid, you know, left his backpack in the aisle and a, and a, a stewardess accidentally tripped and spilled coke on someone. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it started a dialogue with a four-year-old mm. of what that piggy behavior might be. So I hope, I, I would love for whatever happens with Piggy Nation, it, it becomes an educational thing. And not not in a strict educational mm-hmm. thing, but it, it helps change the way we think about others, you know, in terms of thoughtfulness and mm-hmm. consideration. And, you know, next time I pull into a parking lot and I say, oh, that spot's mine, I think, <laughs> oh, well, maybe that person who's waiting right there was waiting for it before I was. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's that's great, Richard. Um, what I would love to I'd love to turn the conversation for a second and talk about the actual industry. Has it been easy getting this product no. out, you know, being, you know, it's the situation been, that we're in, cutting the arts, funding and budgets and out of schools and everything, you know, so. It's been excruciatingly difficult. Yeah. Uh, I, I've ended up publishing, self-publishing my own books. Mm. And that happened for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I have, I have a one-up in the, in the entertainment business. I mm-hmm. work yes. in, in films and in, on TV. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I have a lot of contacts. Mm-hmm. But then also, I knew that I wanted a certain amount of creative control mm-hmm. over it. Yes. And I knew exactly what I was looking for from an artist and, and from, you know, from what it would look like. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that if I sent it off to you know, a big publisher as an unpublished author, they might say, hey, we love this idea, but okay, here's your, here's your minor advance or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to hire this artist, and, right. and we're in charge of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I – and also I decided to go ahead and just start doing these assemblies. So – it all sort of came out of just starting to do it. Mm-hmm. But it has been very difficult. And I find that I'm reinventing the wheel as I'm trying to find a distributor for my books, as I'm trying to do marketing and promotion and <clears throat> get my get the name out there. Mm-hmm. I'm clawing my way through this. Mm-hmm. And so and, – and I feel that the industry – there's a lot of – there are a lot of sequels. There's a lot of – projects that you've heard of before you mm-hmm. know, the Brady Bunch mm-hmm. and how many Spider-Mans right. are they going to make I mean, <laughs> 12, now, now they're 13, starting 40, well they're not 50. they're starting it all over again yes. they're starting the Batmans and, and there is there's an audience for that I mean mm-hmm. obviously because they're doing so well but we need some new blood but I I think exactly we need new blood and, and I think there are a lot of very very creative very productive artists out there who are doing similar things I mean I approach bookstores 
And I get shunned because the book is, quote, self-published. Mm. And I think that books, a bookstore's idea of a self-published book is something that is made out of cardboard covers right. with construction paper right. stapled together. Or a string tied. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> string binder. <laughs> and my books, you know, are, I, I took very great care in making sure that mm-hmm. they were as professionally done mm-hmm. as possible. You know, I've got the ISBN number. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, they're, 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 uh, they're printed by a professional printer. Yeah. and But still... I call up bookstores and they don't want anything to do with me. Some, some. I well, mean, there I, are some that, that say, hey, come on down, let me see it. And, yeah. Uh, I'm but, glad you're doing this because it's important for artists and just people in general to know that you can do something on your own. You don't have to wait for people. You must be proactive and have focus. Well, you know, that's one of the things. You know? When I do assemblies for older kids, say mm-hmm. fourth grade and older, I actually have a second PowerPoint presentation that's about the making of the book. Mm. And it starts with a with a... A slide of my original manuscript, mm-hmm. and then it goes through Shane's thumbnail sketches, and then mm-hmm. his line drawings, and the color tests, and and I talk about how it took us four solid months of working together mm-hmm. to design the illustrations and, and get the thing to the point where we could send it to the printer publisher. Great. And I think it's real important for well kids and adults to realize that the, you know this book didn't just spin out of a printer. <laughs> right. You know, it it took a huge <laughs> amount of work. Right. Anything that's worth it does. Right. And, and patience, and patience, and and energy, and time, and, and mental energy, and mm-hmm. stuff that got cut. That that I mean, no one knows mm-hmm. that we we cut a whole sequence that was four pages of of a, another whole yeah. sequence of piggy behavior. That, yeah. that you can't we, get stuck. Well, we had to lob off because there were too many pages, right. and it didn't make sense. And and mm-hmm. that's the way with anything. But I would say, whatever your passion is, mm. whatever your passion is, go for it. But go for it by talking to other people about it. Don't don't get scared that someone's going to steal your idea. Right. That's the I think that's the worst fallacy that anyone can anyone can come across. Right. Start talking to people. Make mm-hmm. up business cards. Become what you are. Mm-hmm. Become what you want to be. Yes. yes. So that you go out and, and if you want to be a writer, tell people you're a writer. Right. Tell people you've written a children's don't book. Don't say I'm trying. No. And and start getting, <laughs> start networking because it will come back to you. People, you'll get ideas from people. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll turn you on to other people. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how I, got, I found Shane mm-hmm. and Alec and the director of my musical. Yes. You know, I found her through a friend. Yes. And she took a chance on, on producing a musical. And she'd seen four scenes and three musical numbers when she said, I want to do this wow. in three months. Can you have it ready? Nice. So it's that's uh, great. Yeah. More power to everyone. Just great. keep pushing. Well, Keep good. Pushing. Well, I thank you for coming in and talking with me today. This has been, I've, I've learned some more. I'm going to really get into these both of these books, Let's Go Camping and A Day at Work with Dad. Which are both available uh, at Amazon.com mm-hmm. and on my website. My website is PiggyNation.com, P-I-G-G-Y-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of fun stuff there. You can download a copy of your very own Piggy ticket, mm-hmm. print it out. You can slap it on someone's windshield if they park in two spaces or, or uh, if you're... <laughs> you uh, can. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love so, it. And, and if your neighbor's dog poops on your lawn, you can fill one out and put it in their mailbox. And, you I love know, it. And love the great it. thing about it is it's anonymous. Mm. You can put it on a windshield and you can walk away. Mm. And, and when I put one on someone's windshield or, or mailbox or whatever, mm-hmm. then I know that I've done my part letting them know in a humorous way... Mm-hmm. And so I, they'll think about it. And then, and then, 
it's off my plate. It's off. Man. I, and then I can go have a great day because I've let that go. Yes. So that's another thing yes. that... that uh, can they also great. get the uh, soundtrack? Yes, they can get the soundtrack. They can actually uh, preview some of the tracks. It's, it's available at uh, iTunes, mm-hmm. CD Baby, and also through my website. There's a, there's a preview function where they can preview uh, any of the songs. And, and uh, yeah, so... Everyone, I just wish that you have a piggy-free day. All right. Onward, upward. Piggy Nation. Well, thank you. Yes, well, thank you, Richard, for coming. This has been great. It has I really enjoyed this. Yes, and once again, thanks to Mr. Bob Mazza for introducing me to Richard. And ladies and gentlemen, there'll be more right after this. Stop that noise. Experience with me, your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl. Here is a special spotlight moment for another music X-ray artist by the name of Fang Yi Lu. She came to Los Angeles in 2009 from Taiwan with an unwavering passion and courage to further her music career. Los Angeles especially has provided her with a feeling of constant inspiration and great ta- creativity. Upon first impression. Fang appears unassuming and quiet, but she glows when she smiles and shines with the brilliance of the sun when she takes the stage and steps up to the mic. She has surprised everyone she has met with her ability and has proven herself through her amazing work ethic. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Fang Ilu. Enjoy. Not so bad.
was Fang Ilu with I'm Not So Bad, and we hope you aren't either. Thank you for tuning in today to The Underground Experience with me, your host, Captain and DJ Uncle Earl. There'll be much more excitement coming up later this season, so please come back and do tell a friend. You can check out all the information in blog sites and podcasts at www.ultimateunderground.com and get ready for video streaming of The Underground Experience. We're going to be closing off with another group outside of Australia by the name of The Grown Ups. And let me tell you something. This guy, these guys are something to behold and look out for. They've been around for quite a while. They were on the scene back in the 80s and they made a resurgence with this tune. But um, I got a letter from them saying, we so thrilled that you like The Grand Illusion. Um, and The Grown Ups hit Australian independent charts in the late 1980s with two popular singles, Snakebite and Into the Beyond, a four-track EP featuring She Sets Me on Fire. Despite growing acclaim, the band parted company before ever completing a full album. They're now completed that bit of unfinished business with the album The Light-Filled Corner. The album features a sprinkling of 20-year-old grown-ups classics amidst a raft of brand new songs. The Grand Illusion was written by Michael Wagner. Here they are, the grown-ups. Enjoy.